gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Unangst. And today, do we have some news to talk about? The main stuff today, like there's not a lot of breaking news, but I want to cover Kevin Durant's uh, son's debut. I want to talk about that. I want to clear everything up about the game because I did a live tweet about it. I have ex- I have two exciting polls that I want to share to you guys or with you guys that you may have may not participate in. So I just want to give out those final numbers. And I want to talk about John Moran. John Moran is actually our topic of the day. I have no idea what's going on in his brain. I have no idea how true these allegations are. I'm skeptical right now. I'm questioning um, if these are real for John Morant. Then we have talked about NBA suspensions, a lot of legal, a lot of legal troubles. Um, I I just. Yeah, we're going to talk about John Morant. We just have to know what's going on with John Morant. I'm going to review that story with you guys for a topic of the day. But breaking news around the league, there's not much, right? Uh, but I really want to talk about Kevin Durant. So this may be a shorter podcast episode, but still a very impactful and meaningful episode nonetheless. So before we jump into this, Let's talk about social media, as you guys all know where to find me. That is no shock. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram.com slash, pardon me, Instagram.com slash CourtsideHeat NBA, Twitter.com slash CourtsideHeat, and Facebook.com slash CourtsideHeat. Those are the main, those are pretty much the main players uh, Tumblr, if you guys still care for it, sure, we post every now and again, but it's mainly those free platforms. Remember, uh, we are uploading stuff, I'm uploading stuff constantly to the YouTube channel, the Quartz Hates YouTube channel, uploading Tuesday and Saturday with Friday nights being live stream nights, so do not miss that epic 2K content. Our latest video out there right now is... How I Rebuilt the Suns. Go check that out. Posted that not too long ago. So I would highly, highly recommend you guys go watch that. It's like a 20-minute video. 22-minute video. I'm checking that right now. Go, go, guys. Go watch that right now. You will not be disappointed. Especially if you're a fan of the Nets. Or just curious about the Nets in their current situation. But I totally rebuilt the Nets. I might have added Clay Thompson. You all are just gonna have to check it out. And with that being said, I covered social media, the YouTube channel. Now let's just jump straight into breaking news around the league. So 
stuff has been circulating. The internet has been coming across social media for the past few days leading up to the podcast episode this beautiful Friday morning, right? But the biggest one is LeBron James. The biggest one is LeBron James. Because he's set to be out. He's set to be out for the next three weeks due to a right foot injury. It's concerning his right tendon. So, I'm just going to tell you guys right now. I'm going to be straight up. I'm going to be for real with y'all. The Lakers are done for. They're toast. Look, they're going to have to make a pretty strong playoff push without LeBron James. And Anthony Davis is hot and cold. D'Lo, he's still trying to come back from the injury. He's been dealing for some time now. And Dennis Schroeder could possibly well be missing some games. Who knows? But you're dealing with the 11th seed Lakers. They're 30 and 33. I get to their 5 5 in the last 10. But just check out some of the games. They've taken on the Timberwolves. They've taken on the Timberwolves today. They have taken on the Warriors on Sunday. I'm going to get to the Warriors on Sunday because that's very important, especially for their superstar. But I'm going to get to that in a minute. They've got to take on the Grizzlies. Then they got to take on, and this is um, going for important games. But their most important games from today to the 17th. It's going to cap it off there. Now, you know, I'm going to go to the 22nd. I'm going to go to the 22nd. It's going to be the Timberwolves, Warriors, Grizzlies, um, Mavericks, and Suns. I was going to say the Pelicans, but uh, Pelicans just been pretty much in a ride or die situation, just been dying. They've been 5-on-5. Five five. They've been okay. They're 31-32. and 32. They're 10th in their, in their conference. They're starting to win some games, but it's definitely nothing too significant to take them uh, that serious where they're going to be like a fret when compared to the Warriors, Grizzlies, um, and Mavericks. But so the Lakers have a tough schedule ahead. They do. And I'm looking at the rest of the games leading up to the ninth. They got a lot of games they have to deal with. And it actually hurts my soul that come March 22nd, the Suns are taking on the Lakers in Los Angeles. So that's going to be a away game, of course. So I'm not going to be able to watch it. But that's fine. Well, I'm in a live there. But still, don't matter. So I get the West that... I get that the West is... Very close. How I want to say this. I get that the West is close in that the Jazz and Pelicans are only a game ahead of the Lakers, but the Jazz and Pelicans right now are exponentially better than the LeBron list and potentially AD list Los Angeles Lakers. I believe that to be a fact. And you could try to convince my mind otherwise, but the Timberwolves are better than the Lakers right now. The Jazz are better than the uh, Lakers. The Pelicans are better than the Lakers. And here's the thing. Trailblazers, they're a half a game behind 11th seed. They're only, a, a half, they're only one and a half game behind 10th and 9th. 
And I'm not going to roll out the Trailblazers because of Dame time and how good of a team that they have. You got to remember, you got Damian Lord, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simmons, you got Shane Sharp, you have a bunch of guys here. Plus Cam Reddish, who has been not too bad. He's not been that bad at all. He's been averaging in seven games for Portland 12.6 points, 2.4 rebounds, and 2.3 assists off a 45.5% shooting from the field. That's all in 27 minutes. And that's career highs in minutes, points, field percentage, um, and assist. To me, that says a lot. So, as much as everyone's not the highest on Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish is turning out to be a pretty decent player. It just never worked out in New York. It worked out in Atlanta, and Atlanta was like, you know what, we're just going to dump him off. And then his production dipped in New York because Tom Thibodeau and that team doesn't know how to utilize him. But Portland trying to see Billups does. That's just a straight fact. That's an honest fact. So when you look at the Trailblazers and you look at the current state of the Lakers, I'm taking the Lake. I'm taking the Trailblazers over the Lakers any day of the week, any of the week. And that's not to say they don't have good players. They do, especially with the additions of Roy Hachimura, Roy Hachimori, um, and Jared Vanderbilt and a bunch of other guys. Right. All I'm saying is that when you look at this team, no LeBron James for three weeks. Major player, even though Anthony Davis plays exceptionally better with when LeBron's not playing, which is shocking to me. Anthony Davis is up and down. He's missed a past. He missed past game. I have no idea what's going on with him. I don't know if he should take the game. But like, but Anthony Davis is just off and on. He's off and on. D'Lo, I don't know when he's gonna play. He was already ruled out. For tonight's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, so he won't have his return to Minnesota like many people plan. So he's gonna be missing his fourth straight game with that ankle injury, and that came out a little bit like a little bit ago on man, when did I? Like probably in the early afternoon of Thursday. So look, you have a lot of. I don't know how to say it. You have a lot of injuries. You have Dan, Sch Dan Schroeder. I guess it's just Dan Schroeder, but who knows how his status is going to be. Just saying. He hurt his ankle. He was able to gut, but just gut it out, play through the injury. After, and he got 26 points, 6 assists, and 2 rebounds. 8 of 18 from the field in 37 minutes. That's cool. But, look, I don't know. I take the Trailblazers over the Lakers. Especially the Lakers in this current state. I think the Thunder, we already know the Spurs and the Rockets are out of it. But I think the, I think the Thunder, I think OKC has a chance. But they're 28-34. and 34. So they're, but they're only, they're only a game and a half, whereas the Trailblazers are only a half a game. But if you think about it, they're only two and a half games. So two and a half games for 10th or 9th, that's significant. 
That's truly significant. I'm not rolling out the blade. I'm not rolling out the thunder. I'm not. So you got Shago Alexander. You got Josh Giddy, um, Udor. You got guys, and these guys coming in. I know you lost Kendrick Williams, but um, is it the worst thing ever happened to your team? No, losing Chet Holmgren was worse, but he was still in 23 minutes, giving you a solid eight, five, and two per game, off of 52% from the field. So I will say that. So, you are going to be missing production. You are going to be missing in our body. And he's done for the season. He has uh, season-ending wrist surgery. I think it's wrist surgery. I know surgery of some kind. Also, yeah, I think it's wrist. Hold on. Give me a second. Yeah, he suffered a season-ending uh, surgery, which came in his left wrist. He had a ligament rupture in his left wrist in the game against the Kings. And that game was on Tuesday. So, tough break per for the team. But it was confirmed, confirmed by OKC. So, yeah, there's not much you can do there. So, I don't know. The Lakers do not have the greatest chances. I think they're going to fall off. But, I, am I am I biased against the Lakers? affect how I perceive the Lakers' chances. They're going to finish as a 10th seed. 8th seed, no way. Ninth seed, maybe. 10th seed, definitely if they get their act together. If they start having uh, stretches of games where they're going like 1-4 or have a losing record or just losing all of their games, Maybe win in one or two, but if you had like another ten to a ten game stretch and you lose eight to ten or seven out of ten, it's over. It's over, and I think everyone can agree upon that, no matter the team. So this is all very, very interesting, very, very interesting indeed. I think the Lakers are best a temp seed at worst. At worst, I think they're a thirteen seed. At best, 10th seed, at worst, 13th seed. I think that's pretty fair. I wouldn't see why not. The Lakers are just a mediocre team. And I hate to say it, especially for you LeBron fanatics, he's probably going to be missing his second straight postseason run. His second straight first round, where he's not even making first round. So you are going to have a lot of that. I'm just being honest. I just don't see any good outcomes for the Lakers. I just don't. I'm trying to think through this. I just don't see the right outcomes. Could they win some games? Sure, but LeBron James... If Davis is flip-flopping like a fish, like a dying fish, I just, I, I can see his team winning games, and I can't see his team winning games, if that makes sense. I'm actually torn. Now, games I think the Lakers could win, I think they could beat the Knicks. I think that's fair. I think they could beat the Rockets. I think they could beat the Magic. I think they could beat... The Rockets again. I think they could be... Maybe the Jazz? No, I don't see them being the Jazz either. 
And saying it, you have a lot of games ahead of you. So, while you don't face the Trailblazers anymore, you have to face the Jazz two more times. You have to face the Thunder again. You, you have to face a lot of teams that are going to be standing in your way. You have to face the Timberwolves again. You have to put them. I'm actually going to put them twice. So, I'm just saying. This is not going to be pretty. Plus, you have to face up against the Suns twice. I just don't see him winning these many games. I just don't. I just don't see that. I really, really just don't see that. I'm split. Honestly, guys, I'm split. But you know what I'm not split on when it comes to the Lakers? Their game against the Golden State Warriors and how much they're going to stink in that game. How much it's going to hurt when they lose because... Stephen Curry is targeting a return from his leg injury this coming Sunday at the Los Angeles Lakers. And with that being said, that is a definite game being lost by LA and being won by Golden State. This is going to be a California rivalry. Um, it's been that way for some time. And this is actually going to be pretty exciting. I cannot wait. Stephen Curry has missed a lot of time. Like a couple weeks worth of time. That's his second major injury this season. Second biggest injury. So I find that very, very interesting with him coming back now. He's coming back from a little left leg injury. I signed him for a month. So as soon as Sunday rolls around, that's going to cap off a month. They're going to be playing at the Crypto.com Arena. But it's crazy to believe that he hurt his left leg against the Dallas Mavericks on February 4th. It's surprising to me that it's going to be a month as soon as Sunday rolls around. Steve Kerr's already ruled out Steph Curry for Friday's game, tonight's game, against the Pelicans. Right, that's to be expected. But the good news is he will be he's gonna be reevaluated before the team leaves San Fran for his free game road trip Saturday afternoon, so and it's actually pretty interesting. Thursday, yesterday, marked Curry's tenth game missed because of this injury. The team has gone five four without him. And I just wanna say this team is pushing for the postseason. Because this is a team that, while still dangerous, still has to fight like heck to make that incredible push. Because while you're in fifth, everything is so condensed and so close and just so tight. Because I've been because the East, I'm sorry, the West has been so close. East, not so much. West, very much. Fourth, Suns, 10 games behind. So hold on, let's do this. From 4th to 10th, it's separated by 3 games. From 4th to 12th, 4.5. Think about that. Think about it. Think about that. It's absolute insanity. So the Warriors... Still have to fight for the postseason because you can't get bumped down to eighth because it's the playing tournament. Now do two extra games 
if that co really mattered to the Warriors and cost them, probably not, because once they get to the postseason, they just get into a different mindset. They get into a different grind, a different mentality. And that's fair. And they're the reigning champs. You can't count out the reigning champs. You never can, you never will, you never should. Just point blank. 100% serious. No kidding. No joking. None of the absolute above. But yes, the Warriors could be getting back Stephen Curry. He's targeting a return from his left, lower left leg injury. This coming Sunday, marking a month. Hopefully he's there. It's in Los Angeles at the Crypto.com Arena, right? This is going to start the playoff push. And again, the Warriors have an interesting schedule. I don't think their schedule is that bad, to be honest. It gets rough, and then it doesn't. So I'm just going to take you through. Pelicans, tonight, they should be able to beat the Pelicans. Without Stephen Curry, obviously. War uh, Lakers, they should be able to beat. With Rufus Thunder, Thunder been free and under past 10. You, you give him the win. Grizzlies, that's a toss-up. Bucks, that's a toss-up. Suns beat the Warriors. Clippers, they lose to the Warriors. Hawks, that's a toss-up to me. Grizzlies, toss-up. Rockets, you give them the win. Mavericks, I think the Warriors can enter them out. But these are all, they have an interesting sketch. So like what I'm saying is, they're going to have easy games, then hard games. The intermediate games are just going to be like, Woo! This is not easy, nor is it hard. This is just like a medium difficulty. And then you see that they play the Kings. I don't know what to make of the Kings right now. The Kings are on fire. They're 36-25. and 25. They're three games ahead of the Suns and fourth. A homer fourth. They're only two games behind the Grizzlies and seven behind the Nuggets for first. The Kings are seven to four in the last ten. They're playing the Clippers tonight. Another California matchup. Try, I'm trying to get to the games. Hold on. Try and check other games. So Clippers, I think they could beat. Timberwolves, I think they could beat. Pelicans, yes. Knicks, yes. Suns, no. Bucks, no. Bulls, maybe. Nets, toss-up. Wizards, yes. Jazz, yes. Celtics, no. Suns, no. Jazz, yes. Timberwolves, no. Yes, I'm going to give them a yes. Trailblazers, maybe. Trailblazers, maybe. Spurs, no. I mean, yes. Uh, Kings will definitely be able to beat the Spurs. Kings will beat the Pelicans. Uh, Sacramento will not be able to beat the Mavericks. Warriors, maybe. Nuggets, no. And all those teams I just mentioned, it's going to be tough, to be honest, guys. They have a tough schedule. And they don't have, like, the hardest schedule in the world, in my opinion, but they're going to have a tough They're gonna have a tough set of games. To play the Suns and the Bucks, that's tough. And then go for the back-to-back -back from the Bulls to the Nets. And these are a lot of road games. They have, hold on. They go home. They have a nice home stretch for four games. But then they gotta go on the road. Back home, then road, 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 home, 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 road, road, home, road, road, home, road. So, King and difficult. And they got 
two more back-to-backs. So very interesting in my opinion. No, then after today, they have to go on Saturday. No, they have three more back-to-backs. So there's going to be a lot of wear and tear on these bodies of the players. But that's just the name of the game. So the West is pretty stacked right now when it comes to being tight and being close and just being, well, I'm uncomfortably close, but just being in a race. Not for first, but just trying to survive the playing tournament. It's so close that the playing tournament is still in play for a lot of these teams. And with me saying all of that, Steph Curry is targeting a return Sunday afternoon against um, the Lakers. So I just took you through a full, a mini, full mini breakdown of the West when I was really just trying to tell you about Steph Curry. But anyways, that's where we be at for Steph Curry for LeBron James. Now I get that this is not concerning this season. But it is for the 76ers and their plans for this season and beyond. Because now they could be host of a, of a good player. James Harden. Yes, James Harden. The very same James Harden who left H-Town. It's very serious about returning to Houston. That per Sam Amco, he, I'm hoping that I'm saying his last name correctly, has become very fond of Jalen Green. And there's been so many reports, so many rumors, so much speculation of James Harden, where I guess he spent a lot of his time in the offseason trained down at the Rockets facility or trained down hard in Houston. Very interesting. Because the last time he played in Houston was in 2020, when he was putting that blockbuster trade down to Brooklyn. But he spent a good portion of his career in Houston. He spent uh, pretty much majority of 2012, because I remember he was traded four games into the season from OKC to Houston. So he spent eight seasons in Houston. Pretty incredible if you think about it. If you really do break it down. So, I could see James Harden making a return. I 100% can see James Harden doing that. I don't, think we're gonna, I don't think we should roll it out. Because I don't think he cares about... Uh, does he care about the rebuild? Well, if you add him, you have Jalen Green and Sagoon, you got pieces. You have pretty talented pieces because you got Jalen Green averaging a quiet 21-4-4. Four four. Well, almost 4 for the assist, but... And this is his second season. He's improving. He's improving assists, rebounds, uh, points, and minutes being played. He is down uh, 1.6% in the field goals, uh, in the field goal percentage category, but whatever. Not too massive. Like on his career, he's shooting 41.8%, so it's not the worst thing in the world, right? So many people are not talking about Jalen Green because, well, He's on the Rockets. And not many people talk about Sagoon a lot because he's on the Rockets. And it gets tough because when you're a 15th seeded team in the Western Conference and a team that has the worst record in the entire NBA, who, who, and a team that has gone 0-10 their last 10, 
That's that's tough. Like maybe you're gonna be able to beat the Spurs. Probably not, but who knows at this point? Like it's just tough. Like you have to feel bad. Jabari Smith Jr. No one's been talking about him. They've been talking about Pacho, uh, Panchero, Paolo Panchero. He's he's deserving. Um. Jabari Smith Jr. has actually been kind of underwhelming for me. He's been had an underwhelming rookie season. I don't get that, though. In 59 games, 30 minutes, almost 12 points, 38% from the field, 7 rebounds, and 1 assist. Nothing spectacular, by all means. I Paolo Banchero is definitely the better player. I saw Jabari Smith Jr. when put up a fight. Especially in the third pick in the um, 2022 NBA draft. But yeah, you got Jalen Green, Alperin, Sagoon, Jabari Smith Jr., got, and a bunch of other guys. I forgot. Oh, I forgot Ty Ty Washington Jr. was um, on the Rockets. You gotta remember, he was the 29th pick in the 2022 NBA draft. Does that draft, they got Jabari Smith Jr., then uh, Ty Ty. Washington Jr. I don't. I see those are the top two picks they made. Cause they had top two picks in the first round and the second round, whatever, right? But I can't. I can't see anyone else. But yeah, I'm looking at this roster. It's it. They have good players. It's just kind of sad right now. It's, it's kind of what it is. But I can't see James Harden making a return to Houston. Why not? Just why not? Now, the 76ers, they do have, you know what, yeah, they actually have a lot of risk in this because if they don't do anything this time around the postseason, their team's going to be dismantled. And you got to remember the rumors that came out that Joel B would request a trade if this team continues to fall, just continue to fail. So, think about that. And think about that. So I find that very, very interesting. Something to keep our eyes on. I think anyways. I think it's going to be very important. I think James Harden could, could make a run to become a Houston Rocket. They're probably going to pay him a nice sum of money. Boom, by the bang, he's there for multiple years. Maybe two, maybe three, whatever. Because how old is he? I think he's 33. Hold on. I'm fact checking that. I think James Harden is 33. Yeah, he's 33 years old. So, very interesting. He still has a lot to contribute. He still has a lot to contribute for a team. And I think he can help develop the younger players. He's not a developing type of player, type of veteran. But, he still can get a job done. Lead by example, I guess. This season has been treating him very well. He's been averaging as a double-double for many seasons now. Really, since 2020. Um, with Houston and with Brooklyn and leading all the way up to Philly, if you think about it. Yeah, because this season, 21 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, 45% from the field. Come on. You really can't ask. You could ask more, but those are really good numbers. At least in my opinion. I've not always been the biggest fan of James Hart, so ultimately that says a lot. That actually says a lot.
But currently, so that's something you gotta keep up with Philly. That's something I'm gonna keep um my eye out for right for this season for next offseason, so coming off season, right? But yeah. So James Harden is very serious about returning to Houston and he's been very fond of Jalen Green. I can see a return happening. I would not rule it out. In fact, I would say there's a great pot there's a great possibility of him going to Houston, then to some other team, and or returning to Philly. That's that's my opinion, but I ultimately say it's what's gonna happen. Now, the moment we all have been waiting for, Kevin Durant finally making his return to the court after two months of battling and rehabbing from his knee injury. I believe it was like an MCL spray, whatever, but it was a knee injury. Uh, Kevin Durant debuted on Wednesday, and it went very, very, very well. I guess it was against the sorry 2044 Chicago Hornets team. I get that. But to see the fluidity and to see this team gel was was refreshing. It was very eye-opening. It was just very positive. Like, I enjoyed myself. It was a very boring basketball game with only five day minutes of good time. But besides that, it was just good to see the team be healthy, the team come together, and get a double-digit win. On the road, too. So here's some stat breakdowns. Devin Booker, 37 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 blocks. He won 15-26, 37 from deep, 4-6 from the line, and 33 minutes. Chris Paul, look, he had 11 assists, that made up, and 2 steals, that made up for his poor shooting night. He's been very inconsistent this season, but he's going to take that veteran leader role with, uh, the playmaking being at an all-time high. Josh Kogi struggled to hit any shots except from the line. He had four points. I was impressed with Kevin. Dr- I was impressed with DeAndre. In 33 minutes, he went seven ten from the field, two of two from the line, fifth uh, sixteen rebounds and sixteen points, with one block. So I will take that all day long. Like, that's the only drain I want to see every night. Plus with four assists. So he was down all ends of the ball. Like, both sides of the ball. And then we get down to Kevin Durant. We saw him in 27 minutes. He went 8 minutes over, eight, 78 minutes over his allotted time. Because it was only supposed to be 19, 20 minutes. 10 and 15 in front of the field. 2 and 4 from deep. 1 and 1 in front of the line. Uh, 23 points. 2 blocks. 2 assists. And 6 rebounds. Absolutely incredible. Then the bench also played well. The bench. Tory Craig had fire. He did. Same with Jock Lindell. It just goes beyond the stats. It goes beyond the stats. And it showed. It really, really did. And I get it again. People are like, well, it's just a sorry team like the 
Hornets. I don't care. It was still... Oh, I care I don't care. Why? I'm not going to hype this up like we were the face of the Bucks, but the way the Suns did this was smart. They did it in such a strategic way where there's no pressure to win this game. You're expected to win the game, but it's against the Hornets, an easy win. You did have to face the Bucks, which was a game before Wednesday's game. You're going to come in, no pressure, no expectations, just come in, play your game, and call it a night. So for that, the Suns played played very well, and they got this team some valuable time. They got I got that team some incredible value time together. Now, the biggest challenge is going to be tonight at six o'clock against the Bulls. Why? Because you're facing a team that is fighting for their lives for the postseason. Because their season's not ending. They're in the 11th seed. They're fighting for a playing spot. And now they're like, okay, we're only a game and a half from 9th, from 10th to 9th. Or two and a half from 8th. So they're going to try to make something realistically happen. They're going to try to make something realistically happen. And that is where the Suns, and Kevin Durant, by the way, has is listed as available. He's not ruled out. They're not giving that day off. Not yet, anyways. I'm suspecting it's going to be after the Dallas game on Sunday. But the first challenge to test in the Suns team is going to be tonight at 6. Away game, Chicago. Chicago Chicago's going to be a big deal. They may, they may be bruised and battered and injured beyond belief. But the Suns have been there, so this is going to be a huge town uh, challenge for not the Chicago Bulls, but for the Suns when looking at the Suns' schedule and looking at, well, was it just a fluke how Kevin Durant just fit in? And Kevin Durant can fit in with any team, but the way that the team gelled around Kevin Durant and how we saw with um, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre adding him to the big three to make it big four, right? And I'm gonna get to these pulls. Don't I don't forget, guys. I have not forgotten about these pulls. Not forgotten about these pulls. But what I saw is what I'm hoping to see t tonight against the against the Bulls. One hundred percent. I want to see that. I absolutely want to see that. Because on Sunday, come 11 a.m., we're going to be taking on the stinking Mavericks away. Kind of our, now be finishing up our free game road trip. I want to go against the Mavericks with Kevin Durant. Because I want to have Kyrie Irving against Kevin Durant, former teammates. I want to see him duel it out. I want to see them book against Luka Doncic carrying on with that rivalry. I want to see that. And that will be the last challenge to prove that the Suns have been able to gel around Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant and Devin Booker spent a lot of time together scrimmaging, practicing, going hard, and trying to understand each other, learn from each other, and just compete their butts off. Because then you have an easy game against the Thunder, decent game against the Kings, interesting game back-to-back -back against the Warriors, then the Bucks, then an easy game against the Magic, Thunder, Lakers, Kings, 76ers, stuff like that, right? 
But your biggest test is going to be tonight's six against Chicago. Against a driven, hungry team for the postseason. Who's going to stop at nothing to succeed. I think it's the Mavericks who just hate your guts. And it's like a hated feud. Beyond what happened between the Pelicans and stuff. Beyond. So, examining that, how to match up against a bigger and better team. I think it will go fine. I think it will go fine. I think it will go a lot, a lot better than what most people are expecting. I'm just being, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. I have no doubts that the Suns are going to succeed. It just, this is an electrifyingly dangerous team. It truly is. It truly, truly is. And I just want to say this. Because I was doing the math. And I was, because I like statistics and stuff. Kevin Durant and Devin Book combined for 60 points, 9 assists, 12 rebounds, and 4 blocks. To say that is outstanding is simply an understatement. That simply is. I don't care who you are. That's a very good night. That's a promising night. That's an achieving night. And something that should not be swept under the rug. At least in my opinion. I could be wrong. Rarely am I, but could I be wrong? So I'm very excited about that. So it was a very solid debut from the man the man myth, the legend himself, Kevin Durant, the unicorn. Now I want to see how this team performs tomorrow. And I want to see how Kevin Durant's knee holds up. In two intense games. Or one not intense game. But for his knee. Two intense games. I just want to see that. And then guys real quick. I took two pulls. On that Wednesday morning. Wednesday afternoon. Are you ready? I asked. Would you still be happy as a Suns fan. If Phoenix won a championship. With the help of Kevin Durant. The options were. Yes. No. I don't care. How we win. I'm no longer a Suns fan. 54% of y'all led the charge with yes. 29% of y'all said, I don't care how we win. 9% of y'all said, I'm no longer a Suns fan. And 8% of y'all said, no. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And then, a lot of you guys in this poll, early morning, um, in Kevin Durant's Suns debut, was there what I expected from tonight? Pretty much what he got. A triple-double. 20, 25 points, limited minutes in action, less than 10, 5, and free. 47% of y'all were smart by picking 20 to 25 points. So I hope you put that in your bet from like FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever, because y'all were spot on. Then 34% of y'all said limited minutes in action. He actually exceeded the limits restriction, uh, minutes restriction. And as action was not limited. Then 50% of y'all said triple double. He was kind of off on that one. It's kind of just a little bit off. Then 5% of y'all said less than 10, 5, and free. Ye have no faith against a bad team. And how many, how many minutes do you think he was playing? Because even if he was playing 5 minutes per quarter, that's still 20 minutes. And in 20 minutes, you get more than 10, 5, and free, especially if you're Kevin Durant, who wants to call for the ball. So, those were the two main polls. So, we had the exciting news, the exciting chance of witnessing Kevin Durant and the greatness of the Phoenix Suns. 
Now, here's something completely different. Are you guys ready? John Moran. I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to end. I hope this stuff was in self-defense. I hope this was in self-defense. I hope that some of this was fabricated. I'm begging for anything else. Because I, this is not a payment of positive light at all. This is bad. And I get that John Moran's agent said that the reporting from the Washington Post is, quote, irresponsible and defamatory, that the July 26th incident was purely self-defense, end quote. I get that. I get that. But did anyone hear the allegations? John Moran is not a squeaky clean guy. Does anyone not remember the Pacers incident, the Pacers bus incident? So I'm going to read you this. I'm going to read you this allegation that a teenager made. John Morant allegedly punched a 17-year-old boy 12 to 13 times and flashing a gun at him during a pickup basketball game last summer. The teen said after the fight, John went to his house and reemerged with a gun visible in the waistband of his pants and his hand on the weapon. Is it just me that's disturbed by this? You're playing a basketball game against a 17-year-old. And I get you're like 5, 6 years older than him. Whatever, you're not that much older than him. I get it. But hold on, you're John Moran. Your name's huge. You probably have some friends around. You probably might have security. But you have friends around. And you act in self-defense. Just something doesn't add up. And I like John Moran. And this comes on the same day that he ain't to deal with Powerade. So I don't know if this is like revenge. I don't know if this is being like fabricated. I don't know if people are just trying to have like to be a cash grab. I don't know. But John Moran was accused of disturbing encounters. But here's the thing. Here was another one. And this came from the Washington Post by uh, Molly Hensley Clancy. Clancy? I can't pronounce your name. I'm sorry. But by the Washington uh, Post. Quote, NBA star John Moran was accused of violent or frightening behavior in two police reports, including previously unknown allegations that Moran friend of mall security director. Four days later, a teenager told police Moran punched him repeatedly. End quote. That was from him. That was from that quote. Look. What was is he was in the finish line. His mom called him. Something happened. He came. He came with a group of nine guys. And then John Moran says something that he was going to be waiting for the guy to get off his shift. By the way, John Moran makes $9 million a year. And he's won the faces of the NBA. He's the face of Memphis. And for some reason, he's acting this way. Now, if this isn't self-defense, okay. I see what you're doing. If this is a cash grab, then 
Shame on the people behind this scheme. But this, if this is true, and the teenager did get beamed down by John Murray, got punched 12 to 13 times, and a gun was flashed at a teenager, then that's just disturbing and shameful on so many stinking levels. Just, where do we go with this information? Where do we go? This is... How much of this is true? How much of this is fabricated? I'm just asking questions here. I'm not I'm not denying or believing or accepting or anything like that that this story is fact or fiction. I'm not saying that. I'm just looking at it as all these different perspectives. Cause you're telling me a John Moran during a pickup basketball game would feel friend and that he was acting in self-defense when he had probably had a bunch of guys around him, a bunch of people around him because he just wouldn't be playing a pickup game. Or was this not outside? Was this inside his house? Was this inside a private area? Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Because there would have been tons of people around if it was outdoors. Even if Moran was charging. I'm kidding on that. Something just does not make complete sense to me. Like, something's just, something's just off to me. But then you're okay, like, okay, let's just, just take a breather real quick. Just take a chill pill. On that story, okay. Why would you go into a finish line store? I never even heard of the finish line. Hold on, finish line. Shoes, sneakers, athletics. Hold on, hold on. Top brands like Nike, Jordan, Adidas. Okay, so let's go. Okay, it's like shoes, it's like apparel. Okay. Hmm. These extra aren't bad prices for their for Jordan shoes, for some of them. Okay, so it's apparel. It's a clothing and shoe site. Okay, so his mom had beef with the store. Why does her son roll up, essentially, to the building with nine people to confront this director or manager or whoever this person was that was beef with his mother? And then front of us, I'm gonna wait, or he said he's gonna wait until he gets off his shift. Like he wanted to know. And look, I respect somebody sticking up for their mama. I respect that. But did you have to make it such dramatic scene coming in with nine guys? If that it, let's just say allegedly nine guys. I don't. They could be exaggerated, but let's just say it was nine guys. Let's just say that it was the truth. That it was nine guys. Was that necessary? Like, they know who your mom is. No one's going to mess with her. They all know that she's connected to John Moran. Just, I just... I don't get it. Let's just say all... Let's say all this is true. Let's say 100% this is all true. This is not a cash grab. This is not embellished. This is not exaggerated to any extent. Let's say it's 100% true, factual... No one's lying. Okay. This is going to result in huge legal fines and just a huge suspension from the NBA, most likely. 
Like, you have to expect to find. You have to expect. This suspension. It's going to cost him a lot of money. No, Will. He's looking for a new contract as well. I just, I don't get John Morant. I don't get John Morant. I get a lot of people are making fun of John Morant online because I was going through Twitter. I was seeing it all. That people were saying that he's one the he's like the first NBA player, like one of the main NBA players, to make it to the league and try to get himself kicked out of the league. Just kick that da. Of all the alleged instances and the proven instances, that'll be his third. I just. Just don't get it, guys. Honestly, I, I'm just at a lost words when it comes to John Morant. I'm being honest. I'm sincerely being honest. Just don't get it. Wait a minute, hold on. Wait, no, John Moran has a $200 million contract. Hold on. He got extended. Hold on, people. I said it was an old contract. I know it was an old contract I was looking at, but I don't think the site updated their information. Yeah, five-year extension. It just hasn't... Okay, so wait a minute. He's going to be making $200 million. Yeah, so hold on, guys. Oh, my gosh. I just... He's, he's going to be making over $200 million. I just don't get this, guys. Now, I get we don't have all this... We don't have both sides of the story. I get it. One side is kind of self-defense, and the other side is saying, "Well, he beat me twelve to thirteen times, and he pulled a gun on me." But now I know: Does the seventeen-year-old have a gun? Does the seventeen-year-old have a weapon of any kind? Does the seventeen-year-old say anything that would incite violence, or would it's just what, what did the seventeen-year-old do to provoke it? Why did John Moran feel threatened? Why did John Moran have to do something in self-defense? We need to know that. We need to know all the details. We need to know why. John Moran just didn't walk away. Why John Moran allegedly hit the guy 12 to 13 times? Who this 17-year-old boy is? Is he a fan? Does he know John Moran very well? Does he not know John Moran very well? Like, we have to understand the context of this. And why are we only, why are we only hearing about it now? The, the after, when John Moran was given that deal from power... When they negotiated and he accepted. Why? Why did that story come out? Why didn't it come out July 27th? Or 28th? Or the fall? I get you just don't get it. Why didn't it come out that summer? There's just a lot of questions that needs to be addressed and that needs to be answered promptly. We need a clear picture. So, I'm not going to paint John Morant as this horrific monster 
and I'm not gonna paint this 17-year-old boy this victim of assault until we find out what happened. I think that's fair. I think in the end that's fair. Right? So that's my thoughts on it. That's I'm not going to go that far because I am just confused on certain areas. Like just, it just doesn't make sense, but I, it's just very interesting. I just I don't know why John Moran and Shane Sharp says it the best. I don't like Shane Sharp. Like, I don't always agree with him, but I do agree with him that John Moran is just trying to act like somebody is not. Like I just don't know why he's trying to have like this tough guy personality, this tough guy persona. Like, I've never seen somebody make a, wait a waitress's day by giving giving her a huge tip, then having that in the Indiana Pacers bus incident then allegedly beating up a kid, a teenager. I just don't get that. I just don't get that. But guys, what I do get is that we're running out of time. And that being said, I'm calling it quits on this podcast episode. As we're wrapping it up here, right here, right now. Thank you for everyone that tuned in. I appreciate it. Hopefully you get to know more what's going on with John Moran. Those were my initial thoughts. We need to know the full picture. I can't wait for Kevin Durant's second game with the Phoenix Suns. We have a lot to look forward to over this weekend. And with that being said, guys, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Have a great day. Peace.